what you need to know about episode limits and your podcast RSS feed. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 302. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I've received, oh boy, so much good feedback from that. And it's really encouraging to hear from people who said that they stuck through the entire three and a half hour long episode. And boy, that took a lot of work to record. My wife and I were actually in the studio for six hours total and recorded four and a half hours of content, but edited it down. Also had to take breaks for the baby and our own needs here and there. So huge thanks to her. Huge thanks to you for listening to that episode if you'd got a chance to do that yet. Now that I've crossed over 300 episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, there are certain things that I've been looking forward to testing and challenging certain assumptions or certain things that I've heard other people say. And this also brings new lessons to you if you've been podcasting or will be podcasting for a very long time or simply putting out a lot of episodes. Because after you podcast for a while and produce a lot of episodes, you may start to see some of those older episodes disappear from your RSS feed or from your podcast listing in podcast apps and directories. And that's because there are limits with some systems. So here are seven things you should know for your podcast. Number one, the episode limit is set by whatever creates your podcast RSS feed. Number two, more episodes make your podcast RSS feed bigger and slower. Number three, directory limits don't affect your subscribers. Number four, your old episodes could be irrelevant. Number five, your old episodes could be timeless. Number six, many people will want to binge on your podcast. And number seven, every episode contributes to your podcast SEO. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for this episode, number 312, then go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash episode limits. This episode is about what you need to know about these limits. In my next episode of the Audacity to Podcast, I'll talk to you about what to do when you exceed these limits and you feel like you have too many podcast episodes in your RSS feed or too many episodes for these different apps and directories and some of the different options that are available to you if you get to that point or you want to prepare for that in the future. So watch for that in the next episode. But for this episode, number 302, let's start with number one. The episode limit is set by whatever creates your podcast RSS feed. Now, first thing, this is not FeedBurner. FeedBurner does not create RSS feeds at all. Regardless of how you're using FeedBurner, it's not the thing creating the RSS feed. FeedBurner takes RSS feeds and does things to them. And many people would say that it actually damages RSS feeds. And there are cases where it does that, especially with the SmartCast feature. That's the big no-no of FeedBurner. But if you're using something like WordPress, Libsyn, or something else to create your RSS feed, then that's where you would go to set the limit on how many episodes that feed can hold. Even if you're running your feed through FeedBurner, there is no option in FeedBurner to increase or decrease the number of items in your feed. 
So exactly where you set this for your RSS feed really depends on exactly how you're using those tools to create the feed. I'll give you three examples here, and these are the three most common ways that podcasters are creating their RSS feed. Those would be with your WordPress default or category feed, a PowerPress feed, or a Libsyn feed. If you're using the WordPress default feed, which would be something like myawesomepodcast.com slash feed, or you're using a category feed, which would be like myawesomepodcast.com slash podcast category slash feed, then the place to go to increase or decrease that limit to the number of episodes in your feed would be in your WordPress dashboard, go to the settings, and then go to reading and change the option that says syndication feed show the most recent and you change that number. If you're using PowerPress to create your RSS feed and you're using an actual feed from PowerPress, so that'd be something like myawesomepodcast.com slash feed slash podcast or other versions that are kind of like that. PowerPress can create multiple types of podcast only and podcast specific feeds. So to change the options inside of PowerPress and not affect your regular site feed from WordPress, go into your WordPress dashboard, go to PowerPress, then settings. And that's if you're using the default podcast feed or if you're using podcast channels, then go into podcast channels and click on the appropriate feed. Or if you're using category podcasting inside of PowerPress, then go to category podcasting click on the appropriate feed, then click on the feed tab and change the option that says show the most recent and adjust that number to what you want it to be. If you're using Libsyn to create your RSS feed, not simply to host your files, but actually using their RSS feed, then what you would need to do is log into Libsyn, choose your specific Libsyn show, go to destinations, click on the Libsyn classic feed, then go to advanced options down at the bottom of the page, expand that down, and change the episode slash post limit. These three places, and I have these in the show notes if you didn't catch all of that over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash episode limits. These three places are the most common places for changing the limit for the number of episodes that appear in your podcast RSS feed. Now, do keep in mind that if you're using some kind of feed that combines with blog posts then it's possible any blog post or every blog post that goes out on your site could bump out the number of podcast episodes from your feed. So for example, if you have 100 episodes and 100 blog posts and you have your feed set to display only the latest 50 and you publish a blog post between each podcast episode, then your feed would contain half blog posts, half podcast episodes, Thus, your feed would be only 25 podcast episodes. Even though you have the limit set to 50, it's 50 posts. That is unless you're using a podcast-only RSS feed, like you can get from using the PowerPress feed or using Libsyn only for your podcast feed. That's number one. The episode limit is set by whatever creates your podcast RSS feed. Number two, more episodes make your podcast RSS feed bigger and slower. Be really careful about increasing or removing the episode limit on your feed because every additional episode will proportionally increase the size and decrease the speed of your podcast RSS feed. For example, a feed with 200 episodes will approximately double the size and double the load time of the same feed 
with 100 episodes. Now, there are some exceptions to this and some workarounds as well, and I'll explain those in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast. So watch for that when I tell you what to do when you have too many episodes for your feed. Number three, directory limits don't affect your subscribers. Apple's podcast directory currently limits podcast listings to 300 episodes. Now, there are some weird, rare cases where 301 episodes may appear or just below 300 will appear, even though the feed contains many more than that. That may be due to some kind of bug either in the feed or in Apple's podcast apps or something else. In either case, assume that the Apple podcast app directory will not display any more than 300 episodes, at least right now. There have been times in the past where, due to some bug on their side, it limited everyone's show to display the latest 20 episodes or other numbers like that. Other podcast directories may have even lower limits. But thanks to the wonderful, decentralized nature of podcasting, these directory limits don't actually matter because most people subscribe directly to your podcast RSS feed. So what displays in the directory, yes, that is a representation of your podcast RSS feed and the number of episodes that you have, but it may not be a complete representation. When someone subscribes, they're subscribed directly to your RSS feed. So then they get however many episodes and whatever episodes are in your RSS feed. There is even an option with iTunes and Google Play tags to block an episode from appearing in those directories but it doesn't block those apps from downloading those specific episodes. You might want to use that in cases where you have an otherwise clean show, but you have one explicit episode. So you don't want that one explicit episode to get your podcast kicked out of certain other countries or prevented being downloaded by parental controls and such. So you can mark that one episode to not appear in those directories, but it will still download by everyone who subscribes with those relevant tools. There are some, we could call them walled garden apps that don't honor this spirit of podcasting, the decentralized nature of podcasting. So they may limit what the user can access in your podcast because the app doesn't actually subscribe them to your feed. But as long as the podcast app or the directory they're using subscribes them directly to your podcast feed they will have access to whatever episodes are available in your feed as long as those are valid episodes that have all the appropriate tags and everything, which unless you're hand-coding your RSS feed, you probably don't need to worry about all of that stuff. This is number three, directory limits don't affect your subscribers. Number four, your old episodes could be irrelevant. While you may be tempted to offer all your podcast episodes in your feed, you should be realistic about their long-term value. We commonly refer to this as long tail. A current events podcast, for example, has little to no value in its old episodes after the events have passed. Who really cares about the news from two years ago? Unless it's big news, and then that's some kind of commemorative episode. But if it's simply the regular news, no one really needs it anymore. This may be only partially true for some fan-based content like TV show fan podcasts or movie fan podcasts or maybe even sports team-related podcasts. Thus, increasing your episode limit 
may not actually provide extra value to your audience because you're only exposing irrelevant content that no longer has any value to it. So that's number four. Your old episodes could be irrelevant. But on the flip side, number five, your old episodes could be timeless. So on the other side of irrelevance is timelessness. When your content has long-term value or long tail, these are the kinds of episodes that are still relevant today. People are still listening to them. You may often refer back to them. Maybe they rank well for common search terms or they provide content that will always be valuable. Here are some examples of some timeless content. Comedy. Or if it makes people laugh, it might make them laugh at almost any time. Yes, some comedy may be tied to current events, so your knowledge of that current event is what makes the thing funny or not. But a lot of comedy is timeless. There are stories as well. You might be telling a story of when you grow up. You might be telling a story from history. You might be telling a fictional story. It's probably timeless content. Interviews could also be timeless, but it really depends on the focus of the interview. If the interview focuses on current events kind of stuff, then it might not be as timeless as if the interview focused on other aspects of that guest's expertise. Also, education. If you're teaching people how to do something, you're informing them in some way, that could be timeless. Yes, the actual details may change over time, but unless they do, and you don't have to assume that they will or won't change, most likely that educational information is still relevant today. Also, reviews, like movie reviews. Yeah, it may not be as relevant to review a movie that came out 10 years ago unless you have a specific approach to your review. Maybe you review movies based on philosophy or based on music or based on culture or other things like that. So old content could still be relevant today. Or inspirational content like improving your life, losing weight, those kinds of things can be relevant just as much when you record them as many years later. Fan-based content, like I mentioned earlier, stuff built around TV shows, movies, sports, stuff like that, is most relevant during the release of that stuff you podcast about. But there is still some long tail because people may watch that TV show years from now or watch that movie years later, and they want a podcast to follow with it. I see people watching Once Upon a Time for the first time today And they find our podcast and so they listen to the old episodes and they start at the old episodes so that they can follow along. And for them, it's like it's the first time going through it because it is the first time going through it. But our podcast is also going through at that time. So we're not giving spoilers from season six when we're talking about season one. They can follow through it at the same pace as they're watching those TV show episodes. Not many people do that because there are other shows that people would like to watch or catch up on and that kind of thing, but some people do that, so that content is partially timeless. If your content is truly timeless, and you do need to be realistic about that, then increasing your episode limit does expose your audience to more valuable content, and thus you give them more value through your podcast if that information is still valuable and relevant today. That's number five. Your old episodes could be timeless. Number six, many people will want to binge on your podcast. 
this easy access to timeless content via Netflix, podcasts, and other stuff like that really feeds our present-day binging culture. Some creators even publish entire series of content in one big drop instead of slowly over time. Look at Netflix, how they have certain original series that they release. Look at some of the podcasts today that are produced by these major studios and also some independent places where they release an entire season of the content. And people watch it sometimes or listen to it in a single day. Now, you may not be dropping a whole bunch of content like that at once. Even if you publish episodes over time, like once a week, It doesn't take that long to build up a back catalog of content. So if someone enters your podcast through some high-quality, relevant, engaging content that you've released recently, it's likely that they'll go back to consume older episodes. Not necessarily every single episode from the beginning, although some people do that. They may pick out individual episodes that stand out to them based on their particular needs and interests, and they're choosing from your back catalog. And then they may consume those episodes in a very short amount of time, like going on a road trip or something else that maybe they've caught up on all of their other podcasts. So they absolutely need something else to listen to. So why not subscribe to a new podcast and download a bunch of its old episodes and listen? The more episodes you offer to subscribers, then the deeper someone can get engaged with your content and the deeper they get engaged, the more loyal they become. Thus, you're building up your influence and your authority and your audience is starting to know, like, and trust you more because they're binging on your older content. So that's something else to consider with your podcast RSS feed limits. Many people will want to binge on your podcast. That's number six. And number seven, every episode contributes to your podcast SEO. Search engine optimization or SEO is really about your podcast's findability. And your podcast is findable within podcast apps and directories, not only from its show level information, like the title, the author tag, maybe the description, depending on the podcast app and directory, but it could also be affected greatly by the episodes in your feed. Apple's podcast catalog, for example, searches not only your show-level information, that would be your title and your author tag, not your description, but it also searches episode-level information, your individual episode titles and individual episode author tags. But on the other side, Google Play Music searches only the show-level information. However, it does search the description, whereas iTunes doesn't. I've done previous content about podcast SEO, and I have an entire SEO for podcasters course available as a standalone purchase or included with a Podcaster Society membership. So in these platforms like Apple's podcast app or other platforms that search individual episodes, your podcast could be found based solely on a single episode when your show-level information doesn't contain any of that content that that one episode contains. For example, if you go into Apple Podcasts right now and search for Adelo, do you remember Adelo? That was that thing that made a really big splash because it paid affiliates a lot to promote it, but it was trying to be a podcast publishing platform. I don't know of anyone who's still using it today, but it got a lot of attention back then, and I did an episode about it. So did a couple other people do some podcast episodes about Adelo. If you look at the Audacity to Podcasts show-level information, the title, the description, the author tag, 
Adelo isn't mentioned anywhere in there. But if you search Apple Podcasts app for Adelo, you'll find my podcast and some of those other shows that did a single episode about Adelo. So the individual episodes make the overall show more findable. So the more episodes you have with good titles in your feed, the more opportunities you have to be found for various terms or to rank better for specific terms. So think of it this way. If you limit your feed in podcast apps to only the latest 10 episodes, then those are potentially only 10 different topics your podcast could be found for. But if you limit your podcast to 100 episodes, that's then 100 different topics that your podcast could be found for or 100 different search terms as long as you have good titles. That's because every episode contributes to your podcast SEO, at least in Apple Podcasts app and in many other podcast apps and directories. And that's number seven. So these seven things you need to know about episode limits and your podcast RSS feed are number one, the episode limit is set by whatever creates your podcast RSS feed. Number two, more episodes make your podcast RSS feed bigger and slower. Number three, directory limits don't affect your subscribers. Number four, your old episodes could be irrelevant. But number five, your old episodes could be timeless. Number six, many people will want to binge on your podcast. And number seven, every episode contributes to your podcast SEO. From hearing this information, you may already know that you want to increase the number of episodes in your feed, or you may want to decrease the number of episodes in your feed. Regardless, in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast, I will tell you about what you should do when you have too many episodes in your podcast RSS feed and how you can work with that. Like if you're thinking about your findability for your podcast, but you have more than 300 episodes, well, those first episodes won't make your podcast findable in Apple Podcasts app, but there are some things that you can do to work around that or some other things to consider. So watch for that in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast. It's been a little while since I thanked some people for their wonderful reviews in Apple Podcasts. I'd like to try and catch up on that for the next couple episodes. Wendell Fish from the United States wrote, must listen. This is all the information you have ever pestered other podcast hosts for without any luck. This podcast covers everything you have ever wanted to know about setting up your pod, from website to how to appropriately provide worth to listeners before asking for money. Thank you very much, Wendell Fish, for that wonderful review. Eli Persinger, also from the United States, wrote, Detailed and delightful. Daniel's The Audacity to Podcast is the place to go on a listening tour as you prepare to launch your own podcast. Heck, if you've already been at it a while, you should still listen because this guy has thought things through. That's his emphasis, not mine. Whether talking about SEO, show notes, equipment, or URLs, the advice here is solid and detailed. What a find. Thank you very much, Eli and Windelfish, for those kind reviews. I really wish I could play an excerpt or even tell you what their podcasts are, but I don't know. I tried to look for them on Apple Podcasts and through Google, couldn't find anything. So uh, Windelfish and Eli Persinger, if you have podcasts already launched, then please comment on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash episode limits to let us know what your podcasts are so I can link to them in the show notes for this episode. And if you haven't reviewed the Audacity to Podcast 
yet, then when you do, please make sure that you include at least the name of your podcast, maybe even the web address for your podcast, so I can link to it in the show notes and play an excerpt when possible inside of the podcast, because I'd love to give you a shout out for your podcast so people can hear a little sample of it and check it out. You can do that by clicking on the link at theaudacitytopodcast.com. If you want any of the other information I shared in this episode, maybe you want to review how you can increase or decrease the limit for your podcast RSS feed or want to review any of these notes or share some of your own insight, then please go to the show notes for episode 302 at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash episode limits. And I'd also appreciate it if you would share this episode out with other podcasters or in podcasting communities if you think it would help anyone else with their podcast answer their problem, address an issue that they're facing, or you feel like it simply provides value that other podcasters need. I'd be very grateful if you would do that. That's all at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash episode limits. And I'll tell you more about what you can do when you've exceeded those limits in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast. So I hope you'll join me again for that. In the meantime, please connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at the Daniel J. Lewis. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.